0: If you're feeling spooky and you like my voice, Spook Central Station should be your first choice. Good evening, guys, ghouls, and girls. I am Mistress Macabre of Spook Central Station, here to bring you thrills and chills with my content. Stay tuned for scary stories, ghost hunting, horror movie reviews, and much more. Stay Stay spooky. spooky. a woman who moved mountains to find justice. This is the story of Maricela Escobedo Ortiz. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen, at your own risk. this is Christina and this is MJ and this is another episode of Spooky Tales the podcast where we tell you about spooky things in Latin America and sometimes true crime and sometimes inspirational stories about women Mm -hmm. which is what we're doing this month yes today I have a it's a very heavy topic it's a true crime case it's a hard one though I don't know it might be it might be hard to listen to it's the story of Maricela Escobedo Ortiz. Uh, have you heard of her, MJ?
1: I have not heard of her, so I. This is all new to me, and my reactions <laughs> will be like you know they'll they'll be how I feel. So I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, this case it's it's inspiring. It's tragic. It does involve murder and specifically the murder of women. So if that is triggering, I'm not going to put like super gory details in here, but uh, like I said, it is a hard one to listen mm-hmm. to. Yeah, no listener story. We're just going to dive into this this case. So this is from Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico, and it's about Marisela Escobedo Ortiz, but the story can't be told without telling the story of the murder of her daughter ruby escobedo Freire, and this can also not be told without touching on femicide um so femicide it's defined as the intentional killing of women or girls because they are female Mm -hmm. so in mexico uh since this is a case for mexico 10 women are murdered by men every day wow it's yeah, it's horrible. So the the rates of femicide are different depending on the specific country. But of the countries with the top 25 highest femicide rates, 50% of those countries are in Latin America. Wow. And the number 1 country is El Salvador. And that's just I don't know. It's hard it's hard to hear the I mean these numbers are they're real. Yeah. Probably has a lot to do with just how women are viewed, you know, like machismo. property
1: and stuff. And like almost not even like citizens.
0: Yeah. In the United States, it's a rate of uh, almost three women every day, uh, which is still high.
1: <gasps> That's a lot.
0: Yeah. And uh, according to the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, the homicide rate for indigenous women and girls in the U.S. is six times six times higher than that of white women and girls. Wow. And 94% of those cases are attributed to a former or current partner, usually a man.
1: Of course. You know what this reminds me of, though? Like, what's been in the news, like the Kanye situation and how he's constantly harassing Kim. And that's yeah. how a lot of men act, you know, but they're, they're no one. They're like, they're, you know, they're just a regular, regular guy. So they don't get the attention. But what he is showing is exactly what most of these women go through. And the saving grace is that Kim Kardashian has money to hire protection. Yes. But most women are not that lucky. And even though she is a powerful woman, you know, she has money, she has status, all this, whatever. She's still harassed. Yeah. It's disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. Black women and girls are murdered by male offenders at a rate of almost three times more than white women. Um, So, as you can see, indigenous and black women are the most affected by male violence. According to the FBI, in homicides where there was a relationship between the perpetrator and the victim... Out of those homicides, 92% of those, it was a girl or a woman being killed by a man that they knew. And that that is high. Yeah. And then uh, you sent me this, MJ. But a, mm-hmm. a recent study in the journal uh, Obstet- uh, oh my God, I can't talk. Obstetrics and Gynecology found that homicide is the leading cause of death among pregnant women and women who are six weeks postpartum. And then that same study, one of the worst findings of the study it was that pregnant Black women are eight times more likely to be killed by their intimate partner than non-pregnant Black women.
1: That is horrifying. That's absolutely horrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These these numbers are... They're terrible. Like I said, this whole episode is going to be terrible, but it's important yeah. to talk about because... This is going to release a few days after International Women's Day. It's Women's History Month. People, companies are out here posting on social media, celebrating women. And yet, you know, women are being treated like this, being murdered at this rate. And almost every country like the United States and Latin America, Turkey, France, Mm -hmm. like everywhere this is happening um, so back to Marisela Escobedo-Ortiz. Uh, are you ready to hear about her case?
1: I am ready, but I also feel like I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> like, I feel like I have the anger coming.
0: Yes. Yeah, you are. Most of my information is pieced together from the documentary on Netflix called The Three Deaths of Marisela Escobedo, um, along with some other articles, Mexican news articles. So, Marisela Escobedo Ortiz was born on the 12th of June in 1958 in Piedras Negras, Coahuila, Mexico. She met her husband there, got married, she went to nursing school, and after graduating, she was offered a job at a new state hospital in Chihuahua, in Ciudad Juarez specifically. So, they packed up their belongings and they moved, and this is where they had their children, where their family grew. Uh, the Escobedo Freire family. They lived in Ciudad Juárez, and the family consisted of Maricela Escobedo, her husband, and the five children: Ruby, Jessica, Pablo, Alejandro, and Juan Manuel. Oh, sorry, Juan Manuel. Was that five? Did I forget a comma? Hold on. Yes, yeah, sorry. Juan. <laughs> I wasn't sure if Juan Manuel was two separate <laughs> <different> names. Or- <laughs> With Latinos, you can never know yeah i know and and that's from youngest to oldest so ruby is the youngest uh they were a tight-knit family both parents worked and so the siblings cared for one another they they were always together uh, marisela was described as always happy she loved music she loved to dance she loved to make her kids laugh and the documentary they really talk about this like party that they had in uh, the neighborhood and she dressed as a clown for the party like without telling anyone she surprised the kids Mm -hmm. and she was like a clown for the party and just making them laugh and they show videos of her son's wedding and she's like yeah she's the life of the party and she was a hard worker and she's she was always aware of her children so when ruby the youngest was 13 Marisela and her husband opened a furniture store, and one day a man was begging Marisela for work. He said he had a wife and a baby to feed, and so Marisela told him she wasn't hiring anyone, but she, she would let him work for just the day. Because it was a family business, the kids spent a lot of time there, and this is where Ruby met this man. This man is Sergio Rafael Barraza. He was nine years older than Ruby, but he pursued a relationship with her anyway. Ruby was 13. She didn't know any better. I'm this man mad. is just, you know,
1: pedophile. I don't yeah. know, but I'm already mad. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. just
0: gets worse from here.
1: I want to throw hands.
0: Her parents tried to talk her out of this. They tried to forbid their relationship. They talked to police, to lawyers, but their hands were tied because Ruby would not press charges on him. So the police said they couldn't do anything because she would not press charges, even though her parents were, like, you know, trying to press charges.
1: Oh my not God. long
0: after this, Sergio took Ruby to live with him, and he kept her isolated. In their desperation to not completely lose Ruby, the family didn't pursue their attempt to... Um, press charges plus they 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 hit a dead end with police they wouldn't do anything anyway and so they didn't cut communication with Ruby the brothers tried to be friends with Sergio everyone tried to be cord Um, what do you call it cordial 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 I think cordial everyone tried I to be nice know. to, to that... not lose Ruby I would have ca- caught a charge I would have caught a charge I mm-hmm. don't want to continue I'm yeah. so mad but this this was all to not lose her, really. So I get why they did it, but also you look back and you're like, what? Are, I mean, what are their options at this end? Like, if the mom did something, then the rest of the kids are out of a parent, right? Like,
1: I I, is it worth it? Maybe, depending on the, I don't the know. Outcome. So I'm waiting for the outcome. You, I, I guess <laughs> we'll see if 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 that. I don't know. Bust his kneecap, something. <laughs> i was like, this right, sounds horrible. Yeah, but that's your it's, baby. It's a you hard gotta... situation mm-hmm. and a
0: common one, sadly. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: here, here you can press charges on the person. You don't need her, the the teen's permission.
1: Yeah, and there, well, at the time,
0: girls- I don't know if it, things change in Mexico, but at the time, her parents they weren't allowed to do anything without Ruby pressing charges. But Ruby was a thirteen-year-old who thought she was in love with this man, so she wasn't gonna press charges. Like it's ridiculous. She
1: was so groomed, that poor girl.
0: Yeah. So eventually, Ruby becomes pregnant, and this reconnects Ruby with her mom Maricela, because um, Ruby quit talking to her. But the brothers, they, they kept talking to Ruby. Once the baby girl was born, Ruby spent, she would spend all day at her mom's house. The family suspected that they had money issues. Maybe Sergio couldn't keep a job or just didn't want to work. They didn't know the reasons. They just knew that there were some issues. But again, nobody told Ruby anything in hopes of keeping her in, her and the baby in their lives. Uh, Maricela happily provided her daughter and granddaughter with meals and extra money. Maricela went as far as to provide Sergio, Ruby, and her granddaughter a place to live, and things seemed fine for a while, until one day they went to visit Ruby, and the apartment was empty. The family went looking for Ruby at Sergio's mother's house, but only Sergio was there with the baby girl. This was suspicious because Ruby never left that baby. Like, she went everywhere with her baby girl. It was weird to see Sergio by himself with the baby girl because that never happened. But Ruby and the baby girl were usually just always at Marisela's house. So they asked Sergio what happened, where was Ruby, and he said she took off with another man. And they surprised the family because Ruby would never they pressed Sergio for more details, details, but he didn't provide any. And so after a tra- trying to talk to him, they left. They returned the next day and Sergio was gone with the baby girl. This was August 2008. So they began searching for Ruby everywhere. Uh, they went to bars at night. They went to locations where sex workers were known to work because they thought maybe she was a, a victim of human trafficking. Um, maybe it had nothing to do with Sergio, right? This was their suspicion. They didn't suspect him right away, like that he did something specifically. So they searched for a month, um, all the while attempting to file a missing persons report with the police. But this wasn't going anywhere because the police insisted Ruby left on her own. But the family insisted Ruby would not, that she was not like that. So, the family took the investigation in their own hands. They went to Sergio Barraza's neighborhood again, and they asked anyone if they knew anything. They went from door to door. They were doing the work of the police. That is some bullshit. Yeah. So, after a while of doing this, a young man who was friends with Sergio came forward. He told Maricela Escobedo that one night, while hanging out with friends, Sergio arrived, and he asked for help with hauling some furniture. Sergio's brother, Andy Alonso Barrasa and one other guy went with Sergio. And hours later, Andy Alonso returned and he said, "Mi carnal se quebró a su ruca, Ruby," which translates into, "My brother killed his girl, Ruby." Later that night, Sergio arrived, and when they the group of friends asked him what happened, he said, "Yes, I killed her. We dumped her body in the dump." I put her body in a trash can and burned it. And so this is the young man telling Marisela. So Marisela asks him why she was telling her all this. And he said his own sister had been killed. Uh, they suspected it was the sister's boyfriend, but nothing ever came of it. He was never arrested. Nothing happened. And so the young man's, young man's mom urged him to tell Maricela because then the Escobedo family could have at least they could have the truth, which is something that they were never awarded themselves. Wow. Marisela convinces the young man to give his statement to the police, and only then is a case opened and agents are assigned. Nothing had been happening with the missing files prison, the, the missing file report they tried opening, nothing. Only with this young man's statement to the police did they open a case. So a search for Ruby's body began, and Maricela Escobedo, she was present at every single search, um, just like she was conducting interviews herself to try and figure out what happened with her daughter. Um, She didn't miss a single search. Um, The Escobedo family and friends, they did a, a search just by themselves without the help of police. Then police did several searches, but nothing came of it. Um, While all this is happening, there's a warrant out for Sergio, but police are not even trying to look for him. They just have a warrant out. It's just a piece of paper, but like it's not they're not doing anything. So. Maricela, she's aware that without her daughter's body, the case was even more lost. Police weren't doing anything and without a body, they would not even try and convict him. Not that they were even trying to look for Sergio Barraza. So Maricela herself went to look for him. Uh She knew where his mom lived. And uh so this was um, in Fresnillo, Zacatecas, is where Sergio's mom lived. And she suspected that's where he would be. So she went over there and she found him uh, in June of 2009. She called the police there um and she got him arrested on abduction of a child because legally ruby was not dead they didn't have a body so um he had taken a child across state lines without the permission of the other parent so this is what got him arrested not anything with ruby
1: that's bullshit
0: yeah He's not being arrested over Ruby, but he doesn't know this. So when the police arrive and they cuff him, he immediately starts blurting out, like, I didn't kill Ruby. I had nothing to do with the murder of Ruby. But, like, nobody mentioned Ruby at the arrest except him, which already looks bad. Yeah. He looks guilty now. Exactly. So they take him back to the station and... Back at the station, he confesses to her murder and he tells agents where her body is located. And they did find Ruby exactly where Sergio Barraza said that she would be. So it turns out that three days before Sergio murdered Ruby, she threatened to leave him. And that's the reason he killed her. That's the reason he gave. Uh, He took her life because she wanted to leave him. She was 16.
1: Oh, my God. She was a baby. So,
0: Yeah. After police concluded their search, and they did find her body, Maricela still spent days searching for more pieces of her daughter, and she found a piece that they thought might be a vertebrae, and she carried that with her, like, at all times. That is so sad. Yeah. So, Sergio's trial was set to begin. This was the first murder trial to be conducted under Mexico's new trial system this began in 2008 and this was the first trial. No, this was 2010 already. Wait, went no, no, sorry. He was found in 2009. Yes. The trial began in 2010. So yeah, this was the first uh, murder to be conducted under the new trial system. So this new trial system was created to combat the problem with incarcerating innocent people. For the first time, people accused of a crime, were considered innocent until proven guilty. Um, This was not a thing before this trial. Part of the changes made also uh, made it so confessions they held less weight against physical evidence when determining a verdict. And then Mexico's court also went from a written trial to an oral trial with debate i don't know what a written trial consists of like they just wrote letters in what they're i don't know
1: that is weird i never heard of that either
0: yeah i didn't know that before i read up on this um but now they have lawyers and they are present in court and they defend their side uh but this was not a thing before (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow um let me see i'm I'm googling it a trial by written declaration is a procedure where instead of appearing in court for a trial on your c- citation you you mail or bring in written statement on a trial written by written declaration by explaining the facts of your case and why the court should rule in your favor so it's literally like the entire thing is like it by letters and by paper
0: that sounds wild and like nonsensical yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it does it really does
0: yeah. Um or, or an oral trial makes a lot more sense. Um but the only difference here is that there was no jury. There is no jury in Mexico. That's lame. Yeah. So the I think there's three judges, uh, instead of a jury. Oh. Okay, and so one week before the trial began, Maricela protested every day. She walked miles every day with a huge sign containing a picture of her daughter and asking for the maximum penalty for Sergio Barraza. And every day, more people joined her protest. Um, And then you could see people, like, the news would ask her, like, how many more days? And she would be like, another week, another day. And so she did this every day up until the trial. At the trial, Maricela testified, local police officers testified. So did Sergio Barraza's stepfather, Rafael Gomez. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Police testified that Rafael Gomez had given them an initial statement right after everything happened. He went to the police, local police station, and he said that his stepson, Sergio, confessed to him that he had just murdered his wife. But at the time of his testimony, there in trial, Rafael Gomez changed his story completely. He said that Sergio Barraza had gone to his house after hitting his wife, not murdering her. And um, that they went back to Sergio's house and there was no mess. There was no blood. Ruby was not there anymore. But his story was full of contradictions. Like anyone could tell he was lying to try Mm -hmm. and cover for Sergio. And then the young man that uh, told, initially told Maricela about the murder. He also testified. Forensic anthropologists also testified that the bones that they located were indeed Ruby. And let's recall, Sergio was the only one who knew where that was. Like, he pointed Mm -hmm. them to the body. So, there's... Yeah, police testified that one witness that he confessed to, the friend. And he knew the location of the body. Um, No one else knew it. They couldn't find Ruby until Sergio Barraza told them where she was, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean... At the scene of the crime, like, the scene of the murder, there was no evidence there. But you, you still have his initial confession to police when he was arrested for taking the daughter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, just keep all these things in mind, right? I kind of feel like I already know where this is headed, and I'm, like, already angry. But continue. You probably do, because I'm, like, specifically pointing out these things that make it kind of obvious that he did yes. it, right?
1: Oh my
0: god! I'm like my my hands are clammy right now. Okay, <laughs> my hands are clammy. <laughs> oh, I know. So at the trial, I am going to read the statement Maricela gave. I'm not gonna read Sergio because I'm not gonna give him any more time of day. But this is the statement that Maricela gave at the trial, and I it's translated from Spanish to English. But I used the direct translation that the documentary uses it because I could not write it so elegantly (laughs) myself. So she said, I apologize if my gaze wanders towards Mr. Sergio Rafael Barraza since I have to address him. This man, Your Honor, took the life of my daughter. First, he used deceptions to take her away, to keep her under his yoke. Today, I am full of regret for not taking her away from him. It would have been easier for me to deal with her hatred, only temporarily, because she would have gotten over it, than to live under the burden of this pain, Your Honor. I searched for her, expecting to find her body, because I thought that if this man had loved her, then he would have buried her buried her somewhere, he could mourn her. But he didn't. He dumped her. He burned her. He cast her like pearls to swine. You know what, Sergio, I don't forgive you. May God forgive you, that is, if one day you feel remorse, because I know you haven't yet. We don't know, Your Honor, the actual cause of death, but I'm glad because I'm not sure I could stand another pain. Let him keep it, don't let him give a statement. We've we've had enough of his trash. I know that one day it will get better, one day we'll finish therapy, one day we'll smile again because life demands it. This man has not destroyed my life; he destroyed my heart, my faith, and my beliefs. But I will put—I will pull through for my granddaughter. After today, this man has stopped existing for me. I leave him to you. Thank you very much, Your Honor. Ugh, and I got chills. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's
1: just—that's so hard to hear it from a mother's perspective, because
0: uh... I know, I know, I. I cry. No, this like I'm, I'm like teary <laughs> right now,
1: and I haven't even seen the dog. It's. I mean, we're we're.
0: If you're a parent, it's, you get it. Yeah.
1: You you understand.
0: Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. All I can say is yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Sergio, they did let him give a statement after her, and like, like I said, I'm not gonna read it. Like I read hers, cause cause he doesn't deserve it, but he did say in his statement, he did apologize for what he did. He doesn't say what he did, but he apologizes. He says, I'm sorry for what I did, basically. But he doesn't say the thing he did, Ugh. right? Yeah. Um, and then at some point, he says he found God in jail. And I'm like, oh, but you didn't find him before jail? Like, you didn't find him before you murdered someone? Like, okay. Stupid. Yeah. They always, they always find God in jail, right?
1: <laughs> uh, every time. Every time, and then they have this, like, dramatic change of character. Like, okay.
0: So, keep in mind, he has apologized to Maricela in court. No one apologizes for something they didn't do, right? Like, unless you're a child. Mm -hmm. But this is a man. They had the initial confession to police. He pointed out where her body was because he put it there. And the body was DNA tested to be Mm -hmm. ruby. The court went on recess after these statements. The Escobedo family was sure that they would rule in their favor. But on April 10th at 1.30, April 10th, 2010, the court acquitted Sergio <gasps> of his crime.
1: Oh, hell no.
0: Yeah. In the video of the court, even he looks surprised when the verdict is announced. That is
1: some bullshit. I am so mad right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's maddening. Like I said, this is a very tragic I stand by what case. I said in the
1: beginning of the episode. I would catch a charge. And it would be worth it. It would be 1,000% yeah. worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay, so this part of the documentary, it's very hard to watch. Um, so Sergio looks surprised. Then the Escobedo family, they all just like hell breaks loose in court. You can hear Maricela like just like yelling, yelling, no, 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 again and again. There's like anger, pain. It's it's it can't be explained. It's painful to watch. Um, You can hear all of them. They, nobody was expecting this. Nobody. Um, So, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to watch that part.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's just infuriating. Like, it, it, I feel like it's one of those things where it makes you want to, like, jump into the TV and be there at that moment and just throw hands on behalf of the victim.
0: Yes, and they tried to throw hands. They had to take Sergio Barasa back Mm-mm. into, like, away from them because. And obviously, with all it was in their right, I would have I would have thrown hands, too. Like, that's it's insane that this was the verdict. hmm. Um. So, her sons, Maricela's sons, they describe this as the second death of Maricela, with the murder of Ruby being her first death. They describe this as being one of the only times they saw her break down. Maricela's quest for justice was the only thing keeping her going, and this was a huge... I don't even know what the right word is. A huge—I don't think setback even describes it. Like, it's like this a, is just like a
1: huge like blow. I mean, yeah, I can only imagine that it was just so hard to continue after that because literally, the mm-hmm. there was no one having her back and having her child's back,
0: and the system failed yeah. them again and again and again. Yes. And this whole thing only went to trial because of all of her work. Exactly. So the whole city was in outrage. Just a few hours after the verdict was announced, Maricela was already planning the next protest. Like... How can you, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like, I honestly, I would have been this, like, depressed mess of a person that would not even be able to stand up. Like,
1: I'd burn the world down. Like, open the gates of hell. This was
0: too, then. Yeah.
1: She, she was,
0: yeah, already planning the next protest just a few hours yeah, after this I, I would, verdict too. Was announced.
1: I'd be, I'd be fueled with anger. Like, it it, it would be beyond the point of complete i can't even like articulate right now like sadness it would be like this anger for this man yeah, like, no and, more pain yeah just it's just anger. like just yeah. fury i that's the only thing that would keep me going at that point
0: so she told reporters that the judges killed her daughter again with their verdict and every day she walked six miles from the police station to the court building. Mm-hmm. She painted her face like a clown, mocking the justice system and saying the justice system is a circus and the families of murdered girls are the clowns and the system is laughing at them. They chanted, "Quieren in justicia, ha ha ha. Do you want justice? Ha ha ha. Like, this was the chant they, they did while protesting. While painted uh, like clowns. And and other moms that had murdered daughters joined uh, Marisela. Other women, other men, parents. Like, uh, the protests, they just grew. Judges, they the judges, they just gave press release after press release. Backing up their verdict. Stating there was not enough evidence. But, you know there was enough to convict like come on
1: mm mm-hmm. the fact that the judges also didn't take the the like their own people like the police force and their their um you know their witness testimony uh, of what he said seriously just it's like what 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 is even the point like these people work for yeah, you you because guys because
0: there was a, there was a lack of physical evidence there was but with the state the witness statements and his confession and his apology to her in court like come on
1: so stupid
0: come on plus he was the only one who knew where her body was why would he know because he put it there exactly. like come on
1: exactly it's like yo yes his confession to the police his uh i i think to me this is my personal view i think him knowing where the body is is
0: f- physical evidence it's enough, it's, right? Yeah, I think it's enough. No. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> while Maricela continued to march, um, and she she sometimes dressed like a clown, other times she was completely naked, covered with only posters of her do- of her daughter. Like she she did this every single day, and she said, "I will not rest until Sergio is behind bars." And so, um during one of these uh protests Maricela approached new lawyers they filed for a new ruling the appeals court um that the new that the lawyers they you know they went to the appeals court basically and mm-hmm. so they found Sergio guilty of murder uh but this meant nothing to Maricela because this was only on a piece of paper Sergio was still free Uh, She wanted him behind bars. Sergio fled the state as soon as he was acquitted. Um, Police put out an APB on him, but they weren't successful in their efforts to find him uh, because guess what? There was no efforts to find him. As per usual. Yeah. So Marisela took her protest across Mexico from Ciudad Juarez to Ciudad Mexico, Her, along with other moms of lost daughters, uh, they brought giant wanted posters of Sergio Barraza. They left posters of him at every single prosecutor's office that they could. They drove a van with Mm -hmm. giant posters attached to uh, the sides of... No, sorry. It was a truck, like an SUV. And uh, there was giant posters of his picture attached to all sides of the SUV. They asked everyone in every city they went to um, if they knew anything. She was doing, again, the work of the police.
1: Which is just disgusting to begin with because she should be paid. I mean, that's a given, but it's like, yeah. She shouldn't have to do all that to begin with.
0: No, she shouldn't have to do all that for justice for her daughter's murder. Yeah,
1: she should be dealing with the grief
0: finding yeah. a way
1: to, um, I don't know, you know, something else. You shouldn't be
0: doing that. Yeah. When the protests and Maricela arrived to Ciudad Mexico, she requests a meeting with uh, the president of the time, Felipe Calderon. And of course, he refused to meet with her. Of course, they leave there, and um, Maricela she's sure that Sergio is again in Fresnillo Zacatecas because the first time she found him in two thousand nine, he had already had another girlfriend there, another sixteen, seventeen year old,
1: <gasps>
0: and so yeah, it, ugh, this this man is fucking trash. Like he's disgusting. Of the worst kind of trash. Yeah, so she headed to Fresnillo. She and along the way, reporters met with her and she told reporters she would follow him until the end of the world if she had to. I believe her. She basically Mm -hmm. did. She followed this man. She searched for him all over the country. Wow. They went to uh, the neighborhood where he had been arrested initially and two young women recognized him on the giant posters that they had. Mm-hmm. So those two girls they talked to Maricela and one of them is cousins with Sergio Barraza's new girlfriend. <gasps> so she led uh Maricela to his location and uh she called the police when um she learned the location, but uh Sergio had been tipped off and so he was already running when police arrived.
1: arrived. That's so fucking
0: lame. Yeah. Maricela's oldest son saw him like climbing from the back of the house. As the police was arriving. And so he it was within seconds, almost police chased him and they claimed somehow he escaped. Somehow they lost him. Then they made a whole show of calling the army firing fake shots. But he was like long gone or they let him go. Who knows? Like at this point, I don't know.
1: I feel like it almost feels like he has connections to somebody.
0: Yeah. Police asked Maricela how hard it was to locate him. And she was like, he was exactly where I thought he would be. Like, come on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maricela. she kept like a strong facade in public. But I mean, this was her daughter. And she was doing more work than the police. Like you said, she couldn't even grieve. Like, mm-hmm. But the family, they stayed in Fresnillo for another two weeks trying to stay on Sergio Barraza's trail. And uh, they heard rumors that he had joined the Setas uh, cartel
1: oh. for protection mm-hmm.
0: against Maricela. This this man went and joined a drug cartel for protection against one woman. Like,
1: because yeah, he ain't a man.
0: No, it is a man. Men do this. Men are men. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't classify men who do this as men. I, they're bitch oh, boys. I
0: do because men do it all the time, like. People like to say, "Oh, that's not a man, that's a boy." But you know what? Little boys are better than this. This is the act of men. This is what they're doing. They're the ones murdering women. It feels like a cop out calling them like little boys.
1: I don't know if they're like little. I don't even know. They they, they need their own classification.
0: I'm telling you their classification is men. <laughs> Shitty men. Shitty men. Mhm. So the initially Maricela and the um her oldest son was the one that mostly was doing this with her, but all of them went too. So mm-hmm. they didn't uh they didn't believe the rumors right away that he had joined the Cetas cartel. They eventually found a house near a house he was rumored to be staying in. So they rented it and they kept surveillance on him for 3 months. Like they took turns doing stakeouts. Again, this family and Maricela, they were doing the work of the police. They were. Yeah, they none of them could agree. Like this is madness. So, during one of these stakeouts, they saw him arrive in a truck, like a big fancy truck. Mm-hmm. They followed him um but they they lost him when he turned onto a side street, but the truck made them realize uh that yeah, he was working with the cartel. That was a truck that they used all the time.
1: Mhm.
0: So this kind of made them realize that there was real danger now and in, in what they were doing. They found, this wasn't going to stop them, but, like, there's a new danger. Mm -hmm. One of Maricela's sons, the oldest son, he he found a person, and this person gave him all this information on, more information that he needed. He just wanted information Mm -hmm. on Sergio Barrasa. But this person gave him information on safe houses, weapon caches, commanders of the Setas. He also, this person also told um, Maricela's son that they basically needed the Cetas' permission to arrest Sergio Barraza. Wow. And this is why he was not arrested when the police showed up and he was tipped off. And there was, like, a supposed chase. Like, I don't even think they chased him.
1: I don't think so either. I think, like I said, remember I told you, I was like, there had to be a reason
0: why. Yeah, that was the reason, the Los Cetas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the time, the family didn't know it. So, Maricela's son gives her this information and um, they realize they're not going to be able to keep chasing him. He's being protected now. So they return to Chihuahua. Uh, When they return to Chihuahua, there's a new governor, a new prosecutor. This new governor ran on a promise of public safety. So they had hopes that maybe something would happen now. So um, they went to Chihuahua, Chihuahua. And again, they're from Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Maricela had already protested all over Chihuahua, all over Mexico. She found Sergio. She basically exhausted all efforts that she had available. Um, so she began a protest like slash camp out in front of the governor's office in Chihuahua. There was this plaza in front of the go- official government buildings. And so she heard that the governor would be giving a talk at the anniversary, anniversary of the opening of the University of Chihuahua and at this um, because he refused to meet with her and all and during all her other protests
1: of course
0: yeah so she went to this opening and she had a huge banner that read justice is a privilege of the government and they opened they unraveled this banner as soon as the governor started giving his speech and and the the reason they chose this saying is because Government official cases, they seem to be solved quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, the prosecutor... Not... Pro- yeah, like, the prosecutor in charge of Chihuahua or whatever, her nephew had been kidnapped. That took two weeks to solve. Wow. Uh, The governor's... No, it wasn't her nephew. I think it was... It was someone else of her, of the prosecutors. Then the governor's nephew had been kidnapped. It was, like, family or something. But basically those cases were solved, right, mm-hmm. and brought to justice. But none of the other femicides were. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh So the governor did not take this well. He sent Marisela. he still did not meet with Marisela, but he had her meet with the attorney general. And with this, at the meeting with the attorney attorney general, she shared all of the information, all the evidence she had, and she was hopeful that the attorney general would move forward with doing something. Um, but she continued her camp out slash protest in front of the govern- government offices. So a little bit of time passes. Now it's the 16th of December uh, in 2010. And they had their usual camp out protest at the plaza across the government offices. And after that, uh, Maricela was st- still there a little late. She was they were she was there until 8 p.m. almost every night. Mhm. So, uh they were, you know, talking about putting up a Christmas tree at the plaza because this is where they were going to celebrate Christmas. The government offices, they closed their doors, they turned the lights out off like of the street. Maricela remained there packing up at 8 p.m. like she always did. But this, this night, a car pulled up next to her. A man got out. Marisela saw the man, and she ran across the street, and the man ran after her and shot her. And she died there, like, no. in front of the government offices, seeking justice for her daughter.
1: That is so sad.
0: Yeah, and, like, she was in front of government like they could have, they could have protected her. You would. Think, they knew. Right?
1: They knew it was gonna happen because out of the, like, come on, that the government building not having or yeah, m- under all these circumstances, mysteriously yeah. being no, they knew.
0: My suspicion as well. So naturally, so there was outrage in the city mm-hmm. after this happened. Because how could she die at the footstep of mm-hmm. the, go- the governor's office, basically? Yeah. So more protests began de- demanding justice for Maricela. People during the protest, they cried out. Maricela vive, la lucha sigue. Maricela lives. The fight continues. Maricela, hear this. We support your fight. People, they walk, They would walk to the government offices. They would light candles and leave them there. And there was just hundreds and hundreds of these. Mm-hmm. The day after her funeral, the morning after her funeral, the family's furniture store... Um. So let me step back a little bit. This happened in Chihuahua, Chihuahua. This is mm-hmm. where the government offices were.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she was driven to ciudad juarez where she's from that's where she was buried mm-hmm. buried so back in Ci- uh, ciudad juarez the day after the funeral in that morning the family's furniture store was burned down <gasps> and yeah Maricela's brother-in-law manuel was abducted
1: oh no continue i'm just like in shock over yeah, here it just I... gets worse man I'm it does you. it does it really does
0: yes So two hours after he was taken, his body was found uh, and he was killed. And then Maricela's oldest son, the one that helped her the most Uh with all of this, um, he found out that suspicious men had been searching for him at his house as well. And so he he grabbed his pregnant wife. They didn't grab anything. They got in their car and they drove to El Paso and
1: Mm -hmm. requested
0: asylum. And luckily, the asylum was granted. Um, oh, because, thank God. Yeah, like, th- that could have been worse. He would have been dead if it hadn't been granted.
1: My heart was already like, oh, please, no more bad stuff. No more bad stuff. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's more bad stuff coming. But,
0: you know, one positive, at least, because, my God, this story. Yeah, this is one positive. They're alive still and well, Um, but they they left without all their stuff they were just they were lucky to have their lives like but none of their belongings everything stayed behind maricela's lawyer she he firmly believes that maricela signed her death sentence when she filed the report with the ag um the attorney general Mm -hmm. and her other lawyer it was a, a team of two they state she states that this is a state sanctioned murder because the state benefited from her mur- from her death because like her meeting with the attorney general had just happened and she was killed at their footsteps like come on mm-hmm. it's all very suspicious and also
1: everything working out perfectly no yeah like
0: so it's alleged now that that the setas were responsible for her murder at the order of Sergio Barraza.
1: Wow. But, like, it's also weird that this man had so much power that he was able to be like, hey, you're going to go over there.
0: Oh, he rose up in the, in the, oh. what's it called? In rose up in the ranks of the cartel. That
1: makes sense. Because I was like, who would give a fuck about, like, a lowly ranked person? They just shoot him them themselves.
0: But he clearly had power. He joined them, moved up their ranks, and he ordered this hit, allegedly. Wow. Is he still alive? I hope he's dead. Uh, I will continue with this, and you will find out his fate. Okay. Yay. So, the belief that allegedly Sergio Barraza ordered this hit is further fueled because this happened in front of the government government offices. The doors were closed. Mm -hmm. The lights were off. They let this happen. They wanted this to happen, basically. Yeah, they really did. Mm-hmm. Um. So Maricela's oldest son, he he goes on to like go to reporters and he's like, you know what? They thought they could or they could kill her, but they couldn't silence her. And they continued um the legal fight. Protests continued. The government of Chihuahua was under hot fire. They wanted this resolved quickly. So then, like, out of nowhere, they announce the arrest of the person responsible for the murder of Marisela Escobedo. This man was uh, a low cartel member nicknamed Wicked. Mm-hmm. So they had co- quote unquote evidence. They had the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they found him guilty based on the murder weapon and his confession. Um, mm-hmm. But the only witness to Maricela's murder was her brother. And he said this wasn't the guy. Wow. So with the witness to her murder saying, even with the witness saying this wasn't him, this isn't the guy, the state prosecuted Wicked anyway. Wow. Maricela's brother says that her killer was Andy Barraza. Who, if you go all the way back to the beginning of this, he helped Sergio Barraza this uh put Ruby in the trash can that they put her in. hmm Yeah, this is the same Andy Andy Barraza. So he what's it called? Insists. He insists that it was it was Andy. He had not met Andy Barraza before this, but he um they basically the lawyers basically along with him begged for a picture lineup of suspects, mm-hmm. and he pointed Andy Barasa out in a picture, and then um, Marisela's son was like, "Oh, that's Andy Barasa." Like, but the so her brother didn't know who he was. He just recognized his picture because he was the one who saw the murder happen. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors ignored this anyway, and they hammered the media that the killer was behind bars already. But, after a few months, wicked from jail contacts his liar, his lawyer, and he confesses that he's innocent. There were threats made against his wife and daughter, and so he took the blame for the murder. Wow. but it wasn't him. His lawyer went straight to the judge for another trial, and it was accepted they were sure that Wicked would be exonerated because he didn't do this. The evidence didn't even point to him. Witnesses didn't point to him. Like, they had the, the weapon, the gun, but there was no nothing tying Wicked to the gun or the scene, mm-hmm. like nothing. So they were sure that he was going to be exonerated. But then, on December 31st, 2014, the Attorney General's office announced that Wicked had died of a heart attack in prison.
1: Oh, conveniently.
0: Mm-hmm. Conveniently. But then after like more protests, they they revealed that uh Wicked was actually strangled to death by his cellmate. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this this is this happened in a maximum security prison, like uh so <laughs> there's now there's no doubt the government is involved in all of this. Yeah. It, yeah. Because they they let all of this happen, like you don't. Someone doesn't just get murdered like that.
1: Yeah, and it seems like uh, uh, Sergio was involved,
0: maybe even before he killed um, Ruby. There's no evidence of that, but he did join to be protected for Maricela and to not get arrested for the murder of Ruby.
1: Or if he wasn't, what if his brother was, or or what was a cousin brother? I, I don't remember brother. it Could but, be,
0: could be. Um, but like some people just rise quickly through the ranks. I mean that's true, but I find it weird that
1: these three judges were like, even with all this evidence, were like, nah, it's not him. It's, it 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 it's too perfect to me. It's either that he was his brother was in it already and was like, yo, that's my brother. You're not touching
0: him. To me, those judges were just incompetent incompetent as fuck and and then the rest happened because of the setas. That could be it too. I just it's it's But who knows? I don't know. It's so weird that everything would go his way though. Yeah. Well, if you go if you go back to the day of the trial or the day he was acquitted, he didn't think he was gonna be acquitted. Like he looked so true. surprised. Um, which is why I think they were just incompetent. And they wanted; could, they yeah. really wanted this new system, trial system, to work, where the confession doesn't have weight, and they need to rely on physical evidence. I, th- I think that's more it for the first trial, and then after that, mm-hmm. it is when he joins the Setas, and that's when that, that all could of be the too. government is involved in hiding all of this, of course. So with with the death or murder of Wicked in jail, Maricela's case becomes officially closed but there's no resolution this wasn't there was no justice Mm -hmm. so her oldest son he he tried you know like when he when he buried his mom maricela he made her a promise that he was going to um continue the fight for ruby and now for her but it was too much for him. It was too much to bear mentally, physically. He was suffering. Everything was against them. Like, that's not something everyone could do. Like, I totally understand him just, like, saying he can't keep doing this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree that that is a huge weight to bear for anyone. Yeah.
0: And then especially with the government working against you at every mm-hmm. every turn. It's yeah, ugh. um. So he, after the death of Wicked and after his mom's case was closed, he he just he was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, after that, uh, Sergio Barraza, he was killed on November sixteenth, uh, during a fire a gunfight with soldiers, but this was not a result of them trying to arrest him for anything that he had done involving Ruby or Maricela. This was a a cartel shootout with the Mexican army.
1: Military. Wow.
0: So once he was dead, then and only then did the governor, governor of Chihuahua announce that the man responsible for the murder of of Ruby was dead. And um, this is the only time that they acknowledged anything he might have had to do with Ruby or Maricela now that he was dead. But again, wow this was not them trying to arrest him for the murder of Maricela or or Ruby it was because it was a cartel shootout
1: wow that is this whole story is disappointing and it it, it makes me feel kind of helpless like
0: i agree it's uh it's all bad
1: i'm i'm over here just i'm i'm over
0: here just mad sorry <laughs> continue no it's okay so Um, Andy Barraza, he's in jail in El Paso for something unrelated to this, something related to the cartel. Um, He insists he did not kill Maricela, but he did admit that Sergio ordered the hit, as well as ordering the burning of the store and the killing of Wicked. Mm -hmm. So Andy Barraza, Sergio's brother, says he ordered all this, they with their work with the cartel, they made connections with cartels in Chihuahua, and so they did this for them, basically. Wow. So in the end, I mean, Ruby and Maricela's murders, they went unpunished.
1: They really did.
0: Yeah, all, all of it. Maricela's last words to one of her lawyers, um, she told her that she wished her daughter's femicide would be the last in Mexico, and and sadly... It's not. No, it's not. Um, Maricela, yeah, she was marching for justice for her daughter, but she also, she wanted peace for all daughters. Like, this was something she said uh, all the time. Every year on the anniversary of her death, people in Chihuahua still march in her honor. And all over Mexico and Ciudad Juarez, there's continuous protests over femicides. Last year, on International Women's Day, thousands of women took to the streets in Ciudad Mexico to protest femicides, uh, demanding answers to femicides that go ignored by the state. Mm -hmm. Um, And let me just give you this terrible statistic. 97% of femicides go unpunished in Mexico. (gasps) Shut the fuck up. 97%, yeah. What?! And this, I think this statistic is a few, it's a couple years old because information from the pandemic and on is not available, but it's at least from 2019. Oh my God. That is terrifying. It is. It's fucking terrible. I know. And during these protests, girls carried signs saying they haven't killed me, but I live in fear. These protests resulted in clashes with the police Oh, I, I've seen
1: that. I've seen that. It was it was pretty. It yeah. was a
0: big. It was a big protest. It's probably it's probably been the the bloodiest protest over femicides in Mexico. That is
1: ins- and and the, and they're proving them right. Yeah, they're proving the woman. Wow, I had no idea this st- this I can't even talk. The statistics were that bad. Yeah, I mean I know they're not
0: good here either, but but they're bad. Yeah,
1: ninety seven hmm wow yeah i'm sh- i'm like shocked i'm like y- you guys y- oh my god that is terrifying to be a woman it, it yeah. really is scary it really like, is this
0: this sounds so i don't know probably terrible of me but like when i was first pregnant i was like sincerely afraid of having a daughter because like you can teach your daughter to stand up for herself but like the, yeah. the whole world seems to be against women like
1: No, no. And I agree. And as a mom of a daughter, it is freaking terrifying. I'm going to tell this story. And um, for those uh, just this happened yesterday, by the way, and I'm still mad about it. Um, My me and my daughter because I have to walk I have um, epilepsy. I don't I can't drive. I have to walk everywhere. Me and my daughter were and my son were going to, you know, going to school, we are gonna drop off my son. And this grown-ass man stares at my daughter for, like, 20, 30 seconds. Not, like, sh- we're walking past him, okay? He's going the opposite direction.
0: Homeboy breaks his fucking neck to look at my daughter. Like, I was so mad. Yeah, it's terrifying. I, so me, my Twitter and I, well, I guess my brother was with us too, but we would ride the bus in middle school. Uh, For school right mm-hmm. The public bus and but after school Sometimes we would stop at this little store Like all over the bus And this little store like Men were just when we turned like 12 and like mind it's you disgusting. We were like geeky ass looking 12 Year olds like we weren't even like <laughs> Trying to look older We were like because, I don't know, it was the 90s, and yeah, you had some girls that dressed a little more like trying to be older, and it was their thing, whatever. Me and Carmen, we didn't do it, and that's not to justify any advances towards these girls it, who no, dress like yeah, that either. yeah, it just
1: goes to show that no matter what you wear.
0: No matter what you do, no matter what you wear, yeah. One man tried to, like, lure me and Carmen to, by telling us he had twins also and that we could go meet them and be friends with twins and carmen immediately was like uh sir i'm gonna call the police if you don't leave us alone that
1: is disgusting
0: but we would pass by and like like men would try to touch like grab our butts and stuff like in the bus grown-ass men i don't know like what do you what do you do right um this And these type of protests for, like, femicides, they happen all over Latin America. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the biggest ones started in Argentina. Uh, It's called Ni Una Mas. The women who started the Ni Una Mas protest, she, too, was assassinated by a man. (gasps) Um, So, it's, like, just like Maricena, basically. Like, it's terrible. Oh,
1: my God. It just... This episode has just made
0: me so mad, so incredibly I mad. This also reminds me of, like, watching videos of Maricela and pro- and her protesting. Really mm-hmm. reminded me of the case of Vanessa Guillen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure
0: most of us n- and listeners know the case, but Vanessa Guillen was U.S. Army soldier stationed in uh, El Paso, so Fort Hood, and um she was murdered by a man that had been another soldier that had been uh harassing her um she went missing and like the army didn't do anything her mom was at the gates of fort hood by herself first protesting with the huge sign saying where is my daughter and i can't even i don't know how i got through this without talking because anytime i talk about maricela escobedo or especially vanessa guillen like i literally start crying that's probably not healthy (laughs) But, like, because I, I, for those of you that don't know, I was in the army and, like, that could have been... That could have been you. Yeah.
1: And it's horrifying. Yeah. It's... It makes you feel so helpless. Like,
0: I agree. uh, like, oh, my God, I'm getting teary-eyed. Like, we were just talking about that. I I know. I know. So, I don't, like... (laughs) That I mean, I I finished the the story on Marisela Escobedo and her daughter, and you know the the notes for this episode. But yeah, it's such uh, it's hard, it's hard. But I really wanted to share this because it's That's international women's it day would have just passed by the time we release this. Yeah, and like people are out here celebrating women, but you know what? Protect women, protect women, do better. Yeah, teach your sons consent. Teach your sons respect.
1: Yes, exactly. uphold women.
0: Ugh, like
1: and and also like going on to what you said. It, it as it is Women's Month. Um, people only ever highlight the good, and sh- like whitewash everything. Like there isn't this really dark side, horrifying side, of being a woman and the shit that you have to live through. Yeah. Medically, um, socially, it's like the whole fucking world is against you, and it gets exhausting.
0: Yeah, you can't even walk anywhere. Like it's you it's insane. Like it's uh. And then yeah, I just thinking, Black and Indigenous women are at at the most risk for this. Yes. Um. Even in in not just in the United States, but in Mexico, in El Salvador, yes. like all of Latin America. No matter where these things are happening, the most marginalized are the ones that are affected the most, and that is Black and Indigenous women. To not end this on a complete, like, I mean, this whole thing was depressing, and um, yeah, I'm just, to uh, end this, I do want to say, I usually use Patreon funds for making up for the cost of, like, running the podcast, but this month the patreon uh money it's um gonna go to some organization i haven't figured out which one the funds will go there um so i mean if anyone wants to help in that join the patreon and then quit it once you pay for one month Mm -hmm. that's fine that's fine too but yeah that's where our money is gonna go this month but yeah if you want to hear more about specifically women in Juarez there's a really good podcast not really good not to say that it's really informative it's really hard to listen to it's called the forgotten women of Juarez it's both in english and spanish i think it's from 2000 like 18 now but um it's still yeah um i listened to it back then it's it's a hard listen but it gives you more information on what's happening
1: yeah, and I and I think even though it is a hard listen, um, like I'm over here like wiping my tears, you guys. It's, it's I know this is this is a really hard topic, but even though it is a hard listen, it's something that you have to do. Like, the, yeah, you can't keep on ignoring this.
0: Yeah, and like I I used to be one of these like women who were like, oh, feminists are so dumb, blah blah blah. This is I was like a pick me, um. <laughs> I'm embarrassed as fast I, to admit Listen, it. I I was a pick me in high school too, okay. So I get it. Yeah, I was a pick me when I was in the army. Um <laughs> But now um I fully admit, you know what, you you need to be feminist, you need to root for women, you need to protect women. Mm-hmm. Men, you need to be feminist too. Um, because this is this is madness. Like listening to all these statistics, this episode the, the world is against us, um, society, you know, like, so mm-hmm. yeah, just um, if you have, if I'm, I have two boys, uh, I mean, and a, and a stepson. So, I mean, I count them all as like three boys and um, raising them to respect women. Like, that's the most important thing. Um,
1: yeah, that is, that really is. I have one son and, you know, we, we do the whole thing about consent, um, especially because he's going into the teenage years. And I and my son is, you know, is brown. He's he's dark skinned, So he um he has to show examples of what it is to be a respectful person of color, especially a man.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what? Before while you're on that topic, as we're talking about all this and this episode, there's like a huge thing going on in TikTok right now. Um. So there was this, and maybe some of you follow him. He was like really big on TikTok. This oh, indigenous
1: yes. Yes. creator.
0: He would. Um. So he would. I don't know what he claimed to be. I don't remember. I think it was Mexica What, in- what- Mexica. Okay. And he might be. I don't know. I'm not here to take away his indigenous indigenous or indigeneity. But um. But he was on TikTok telling all these people like you can claim to be indigenous if you're reconnecting. You can do this. You can do that. Basically, just giving like. advice on yeah um but it turns out this indigenous man has been abusing um indigenous Mm -hmm. women like he Mm -hmm. flew uh someone to do his makeup for a photo shoot didn't pay her raped her and and this wasn't the first time he did it Mm -hmm. like
1: yeah and there was uh, there was many women I think who came out and um were speaking on it it's disgusting
0: and yeah it's so yeah it's appalling i have no more words but just i just wanted to mention that to his his tiktok name was um a hatipa Mm h-a-t-e-p-a something like that there might be an h um if you're following him i don't know unfollow him yeah i unfollowed him (laughs) i wasn't following him because i from the beginning i was like
1: no (laughs) <laughs> I, I followed him when I found out that he was uh, one of the first, like, indigenous people to um, model for really high
0: profile. Oh, you're um, right. Vogue or
1: something? Yeah. No, it was it was Gucci and something else. It was Gucci and Ralph Lauren, I think.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And I was like, oh, my God, you know, let, let me support someone's doing, you know. Yeah. Not everybody gets that kind of exposure, especially being um, a, a person of color. And a very marginalized person of color, so I was like, "Support." And then it's like, "Oh, you're a disappointment,"
0: and you're disgusting. Yeah, and and that's not. And this is not an excuse to go and attack Mm-mm. like you know indigenous men either. No, 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 no. This is just to highlight that we need to protect indigenous women, black women, mm-hmm. women in general. Um. Anyway, to wrap, wrap this up, because my children are gonna wake up soon. I'm surprised they mm-hmm. haven't. <laughs> um yeah if if anyone wants to help in donating to um with that just join the patreon you can cancel it after this month if you don't want to keep it that's fine but yes i will be using that money to go to that this month mm-hmm. um yeah. and yeah and um i don't know go do something nice for yourself after listening to this depressing i will episode. i'm gonna go
1: <laughs> buy some yarn that's what I'm going to do. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm a self, cat. Hashtag self care because this was rough.
1: This was, oh my God. This, I'm probably yeah. le- like after we finish this, I'm going to have a good cry in the bathroom for like five minutes and then put myself <laughs> together because this was hard. This was, was really hard. It was, yeah. Like I'm still teary eyed thinking about it.
0: Yeah. I don't even want to say stay a spooky. Like it's just, I don't know. Have Have a good one, listeners. <laughs> If you made it this far, I applaud you, and yeah, just uh, take take care of women. Um, mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And g- get yourself a pick-me-up, because this, uh, listen, like, when you guys listen to this, it's gonna be, like, a, a week from now, from when we're recording, but I can tell you for a fact that I will need a good pick-me-up after this, because... This was hard. This was hard.
0: To yeah. Talk about. I watched this documentary three times to finish all my notes. And I cried oh, every time. Goodness. I'm then watch I thought it about too. Vanessa Guillen. And I was like, oh, man. And then I felt even worse. And then I thought about, I don't know, a lot anyway. <laughs> so I need to pick me up too. <laughs>
1: you, you really do. And actually, you know what? Um, uh, let's, you know, recommend this documentary and um, any documentaries like this that you guys find um watch it it's hard it's difficult it's a conversation that had to be that has to be had
0: yeah um and yeah we'll we'll catch you next time it'll be a better episode um you're gonna do a, a historic woman right MJ? Is that yeah
1: what? i'm gonna do um like so you know a uh, historical women, or are a big huge part of um you know they made a footprint if you will. Yeah.
0: So it, it'll it be better than this episode. Better in the sense that it's not as sad. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. It's, we'll see. Maybe. We'll, yeah.
1: I <laughs> know. We'll see. I can't make any promises right now because if cannot. I make a promise and it's like, well, we're back here. Get the tissue, yeah. everyone.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, bye, everyone. And thanks bye. for listening. Bye. Hello Spookies, it's Editing Christina here. So at the time of recording, we weren't sure what organization we were going to donate all of our Patreon funds to for this month, but uh, we figured it out. We will be donating to the MMIW, which is the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA. They are a nonprofit whose mission is to to bring missing indigenous women home and help the families of those that were murdered cope and support them through the process of grief. They have a broader goal to eradicate the problem of missing and murdered indigenous women um, so that future generations can thrive. The organization wants perpetrators to know that families will fight to get their daughters and loved ones back. They also amplify voices to create awareness so that lawmakers and law enforcement can no longer neglect the issue that is missing and murdered indigenous women in the United States. And they work with young women through the Staying Sacred program to give them the tools to prevent these strategies. And that's where the donations go. So if you'd like to help us uh, with this this month, go ahead and, and join the Patreon or you can donate directly to them. I uh, just go to MMIWUSA.org. Thank you so much for our Spookies supporting us on Patreon. Winston, Modesto, Cynthia, Perla, Jasenia, Kristen, Dahlia, Mariela, Rene, Yamaris, Edis, Ghost Train, and Madtown Charity. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, edited and produced by Christina, if you're looking for extra ways to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash and you can also check out our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. Go to spookytales.com support. You can also check out spookytales.com store for some Spookytales merch like Stay a Spooky Beanies, No Mamas Sweatshirts and Hoodies, and a Spookytale Logo T-Shirts. But of course you have our eternal gratitude for just listening. Stay as spooky.